That's right. Never say yes. die, baby. It ain't over yet. We're looking at you, Edmonton. <laughs> looking at you, Connor McDavid. That's right, buddy. Leon Dreisaitl. Blackhawks hockey is back. When? We're not exactly sure. Maybe Chris Bowden knows. Blackhawks pre-post. Best friends with Troy Murray. Good friends with John Weideman. <laughs> I was hoping you could tell me that information yeah. about the win. Well, can you can you get on the ground floor here, Mr. Bowden? You're you're in the thick of this. What's going on here? I know that we're in phase two, but when's phase three? And the NBA's got this whole plan. What's the NHL doing? It's on your plate here, Chris Bowden. Thank oh, you. now now all of a sudden it's reversed because the NBA finally decided to do something, huh? <laughs> after after the NHL took the lead, that's what we're doing here, huh? By the way, thank you for now, being I'm, on. I'm, I'm in the, uh, uh, more than happy to. I, I'm in the thick of, of nothing. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but we do know that uh, late last week the NHL decided, okay, phase two is is able to start this coming week if teams choose to do so, uh, and if individual players choose to do so, voluntary basis. And uh, um, and the fact that they did that indicates that. Uh, the the playing field is level for at least all the 24 remaining teams that, you know, uh, in terms of local governments, medical authorities, at least for now, uh, those teams can take this next step, uh, I believe, as, as early as Monday. And, uh, yeah, the, the question is, I think, I think by and large, most of these teams to start out will have you know, a, a trickle of players come in, those who have been in their respective home cities um, during this entire time, if they so choose to to go in and, and are comfortable enough going in uh, based on a, a lot of the unknowns. But uh, the league has, you know, put the mandate down to be as um, safe as possible for those who do decide to go in, you know, keep the groups small, uh, if indeed there are groups, and, uh you know, schedule things and spread things out as much as possible to make it as uh, as safe as as uh, everyone can be through all this. All right, so here's my thought of the whole thing, and and hopefully Chicago gets selected as one of the the hubs for this uh, for this restart because you know the, the Blackhawks would have a nice advantage being here at home, even if they're not uh, going to have fans in the stands. But it, it kind of seems to me, Chris, that this is going to be more of a level playing field period because everybody's been off for the same amount of time. You're going to have players that were injured at the time the season stopped that are not injured anymore and be going to be able to be uh, able to help your club out. And, and you would think that maybe this 5-12 matchup might end up being like an NCAA tournament 5-12 matchup where you could actually conceivably see a 12 beating a 5. Yeah, and, and what's, what's really going to be interesting here is, um, you know, and you brought up, you know, uh, if they're chosen as a hub city, you know, they, they could have an advantage. But I don't think there's really been anything, been clarification from the NHL as to, you know, whether they're going to pick a West hub city and an East hub city and then flip those respective teams to travel to the opposite conference. So okay. it's even more of a level playing field. Say if the Blackhawks were, were here at, uh, you know, if, if Chicago was chosen as a hub city, or if Edmonton was even chosen as a hub city, um, you know, uh, they'd have at least the creature comforts. Uh, I'm not sure if those teams would then be ordered, even if they're in their home city, to stay in a hotel to further, you know, level things out even more. So there really hasn't been a clarification by the NHL in terms of whether they're going to flip the conferences to, you know, yeah, the opposite conferences uh, city. So that remains up in the air. And what's, what's going to be real key through all this is, you know, um, 
whether what's been going on over the course of the past 10 days here across the country, across the continent, is, is going to have an effect on the health status of everyone. Um, I guess we'll find have a little better idea in the next two or three weeks whether that's going to become a factor, not only for Chicago or everyone else in terms of the testing and whatnot. There, there are just so many myriad factors in all this. But if everyone is able to, um, uh, as I said a little bit earlier, from what I understand, it's going to be a trickle uh, in most of these cases for these respective teams. Um, I know Pierre Lebrun had a report yesterday about how uh, Toronto has a heavy presence of players who stayed in that city, Pittsburgh as well, and Vegas. I think those were the three that he mentioned where there were still, you know, a heavy presence of players in those respective towns. Um, it's unknown how many Blackhawks are, are here in town, but we've certainly seen, you know, some social media postings that we know some guys are in fact here recently. And um, yeah, but I would imagine even whether they're here in the facility or not, uh, at least from a Blackhawks per- perspective, however quickly they come in, uh, I would very much imagine the leadership of this team is is staying in contact with the guys and, and making sure that uh, they're all doing their due diligence with what they can do at home, uh, even if they don't report, uh, you know, to the training facility uh, as soon as some of the other guys will. Heck, we saw some pictures of Duncan Keith on social media today, and he's looking like a beast as much yes. as ever. So uh, these guys are pretty much, uh, I, I'm fairly certain, um, all taking care of themselves pretty well with with whatever they can do. Yeah, that same Duncan Keith picture that they put on the athletic. It's, it says here though that six players were in town as of Friday for the Blackhawks. More than with three more uh, arriving at the end of the week. I don't know exactly if that's uh, spot on accurate, but yeah, it, the, wherever they are, I assume they're, they're staying in shape. By the way, Chris Bowden with us here on seven twenty WGN. Who you did see? Did I not see you in the last dance? Were you? Did I? Did he I? Was I, a star of the last dance. I mean, you were you were very much up and close with Michael Jordan, Chris Bowden. Yeah, I think in one of the episodes, yeah, there was a there was a little uh, uh, pregame uh, media gathering on one of the episodes, and then I think on on the last one, I was you know among the fools chasing Dennis Rodman down as he was making his making his way out of uh, the Delta Center after they won number six. That's right. So. That's what I was like. I was that's what I'm saying. Like you were at the finals. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a uh, it was a wild time to be uh, be covering uh, those six and six and eight years and and three and six for the Blackhawks. So it has it hasn't been all bad here in Chicago. Even though you know those teams spoil us and and uh, we're always wanting more, right? Yeah, I was saying earlier today too about uh, you know we're talking about baseball maybe going to fifty games and. And how much of a sprint that has to be, and if anybody really and they get their act together, Andy. I'd like come to on, see you, guys, you guys are dying to get back to work. Say what, you, they just get their act together. Say what, you go to Bettman's house and find out when they're going to start. I'm going to go to Manfred's. <laughs> we'll, we'll compare restraining orders later, okay? Okay. Uh, right. But what I'm saying is, you know, 50 games is, is such a sprint, and to think that if anybody would question the the champion after all is said and done, it would be kind of nuts to do so because you had to get things in order so quickly. And I kind of went back to the Blackhawks of 2013. No one's really mm-hmm. questioning that. Yeah. I thought it might be more difficult of a championship to win than even when they played the full season. Yeah, I think they went uh, 48 games in right, something like games 99, in 99 days. Yeah. 90. Is there something like that in the regular season? Oh yeah, let's uh, let's then play for two more months, uh, practically every other day. To, to yeah, I don't think anything should be taken away from any of these sports, provided they can get their acts together. And you know, in this 
in this hockey situation, it's it's going to definitely be unique. Knock on wood that we get to this point where they can start the playoff and it runs smoothly. There's no, you know, major setbacks. But uh, whoever comes out of this, and you know, no one, uh, no one is, uh, or, or someone is as as uh, smart and as trustworthy and as accomplished as Barry Trotz comes out uh, yesterday. I saw in one of the articles saying, you know, hey, once this thing starts up. Um, if a 12 seed should happen, should happen to make a run, and he believes a 12 seed is capable of doing that in this type of setup in this type of scenario, uh, hats off to them. They're they're going to deserve it. And I think um, you know all it, it's the old cliche. All all you need is, is is one hot goalie, one hot series to get some momentum going. And granted, the way they reseeded this. If, if we do get to this point, Blackhawks play Edmonton. Say they win that series in some form or fashion, they advance. Um, they they then take on the, the highest seed that comes out of the round robin, the number one seed, because they have decided to reseed after every round. So whether that becomes a St. Louis, a Colorado, a Vegas, or a Dallas, uh, out of the 14 games that the Blackhawks played, those four teams, they had just three wins uh, and a total of eight points in those 14 games. But when you reset like this and momentum has been halted for so long, uh, sure, when you look at talent on rosters, uh, there are going to be differences and variables, and some some teams are, are definitely going to be better than others on paper. But once you start taking those variables and intangibles into play, um, I'm kind of excited to see what uh, what might happen if we get there. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Chris, to paint a scenario where the Blackhawks beat Edmonton. I think you went about 75% of the way there, but let's hear the final 25%. How do they beat the Edmonton Oilers? Let's just tee it up and get some sports excitement going on here. Well, I mean, they'll, they'll have to do it with, uh, you know, uh, their leaders leading the way and, you know, guys like uh, like Debrinkit and, and Kirby Doc being able to um, almost – play like they have another year of experience under their belts with Doc no longer rookie. Corey Crawford's going to have to be hot. And the guy that really killed them in the three-game regular season series, even though the Blackhawks won two or three, was Drysaddle, um, because I think he picked up nine points, ten points, something like that, maybe even more in the three games that he played. And they somehow kept Connor McDavid off the score sheet. Um, in the two games that he played, he was injured in another. So finding a way to do that, and then you probably have to hope that you know, uh, Calvin DeHaan might be able to come back uh, healthy from his shoulder surgery, adds a little bit more experience, a little bit more depth on the blue line, a little bit more reliability. And uh, I think those are kind of the factors, even though Edmonton, uh, during the course of the season, they decided to split up Drysaddle and McDavid for a long time. They were on the same line together. So that creates another headache. But if the Blackhawks get Dehan back are able to spread out some of their time defensively. Uh, I think those are those are kind of the ingredients that you have to look at in order for them to uh, get out of there and advance to the second round. Win, win. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, obviously safety is the number one concern. Obviously, when you're dealing with uh, coronavirus and and testing and those kind of things, but I would also think that safety, as far as getting these players ready to go after such a long time off. I mean, training camp is is how long? And I mean, it's not going to be a full training camp, but it's, it, they have to have enough time at least to get ready, right? No, oh, sure, yeah, yeah. I think it's not going to start before uh, the next phase would not begin until July 10th at the earliest, and uh, so uh, you know, to just say for instance, guys start coming in this week, that gives them a full month of 
just reacclimating themselves, getting the training that the team trainers would want, getting back on the ice because most of these guys, I'm sure, have been off it, and and getting themselves acclimated to that point, and then you're probably looking at you know a, probably a two or three week training camp and trying to get everybody healthy out of that as well. And um, you know it, those teams that are able to get the most players in as quickly as possible. Uh, whether it's through this individual stuff that's uh, supposed to be beginning this week or having all systems go by the time training camp starts and keeping those guys healthy, those are the, those are the teams you're probably going to have to watch out for, especially with uh, you know this three, by that time, four-month uh, four break, five-month break. By the time they get back on the ice again and start playing real games, um, like I said a minute ago, uh, the, the matchups on paper, the personnel on paper, yeah, you're going to have advantages and other teams are going to have upper hands. But again, it's the crapshoot of the playoffs. And if, you know, the St. Louis Blues can be in last place after one week of January a year ago and then end up winning the Stanley Cup, uh, I, I'm about ready to, to believe anything right now. <laughs> Before you go, Chris, no pressure here. And the Blackhawks have been incredibly buttoned up over there. But who's going to be the next John McDonough? Oh, I have no idea. I think they're they're very much still going through that process, and I I, I would imagine that you know um, there, there's probably nothing more at this point than a couple of names that have been bandied about, and and you know I I think what they're probably more focused on what they're definitely more focused on is just getting through what this could be the end of this season because. Um, while they may have some names in the back of their minds, I think it's still way too early to even, you know, get an odds-on favorite of of anybody right now. I, I think right now they're clearly focused on, okay, uh, if we don't have a president, we still have a GM who is in place, and there's still a, a season to finish here. We still have a head coach who's in place, and there's still a, a season to finish here. So I think that's strictly their focus right now, even though, I mean, due diligence uh, says that they they have to be kicking around a couple names in the in the back of their minds or from those people in the decision making process. Yeah, it makes sense. Chris Bowden, good to be with you, sir. <laughs> good to be with you. Take care. Get that baseball going again, too. Huh? Yeah, we'll do our best. We're working on it. Talk to you soon, Chris. See you, See you guys. Chris Bowden, pre, post, intermission, all of it. Your Chicago Blackhawks on seven twenty WGN.